Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Motorcycle Madhouse, presented by Insane Throttle Biker News, hosted by none other than... Well, right now, I don't feel too agreeable. ...everyone's favorite online personality, the thorn in every wheel's side, James Hollywood Machikari and his partner in crime, Double Barrel. Here. But, uh, let's get on moving and, uh, talk about today's segment, uh... It's something that's huh, talked a lot about on the internet. Uh, go figure. You never thought, you know, think you would be a biker hanging out on the internet, but uh, I guess it's a big thing these days. Uh, you can't go on any Facebook group or forum without seeing it brought up. Uh, it's a subject that many seem to be overly concerned about, from my point of view, anyway. Uh, people will spend more time talking about it than they will actually ride. It's You don't even have to go to the corner bar anymore to talk shit. You just go on the internet and you just talk all you want. Uh, protocol. You know, I'm hoping today's sub segment's gonna give you a better understanding of what it is and what it is not. Well, you know, from my point of view anyway. Protocol is one of those talking points that makes people want to have a rectal exam whether than you know rather than to sit there and talk about it or debate it. You know, why is that? Because depending on what part of the country you live in, who you're talking to, what club you are supporting, protocol changes more times than a hooker changes a damn client on fucking payday, guys. You know when I was growing up yeah, I had family and clubs. I was exposed to clubs from a point of view many do not get to get. But back in the 80s, clubs were a lot different than they are now. Clubs in the 80s were more of a secret society than the fucking Masons were. You know, to get back in a club back then, yeah, you basically had to be a true family member of a patch holder. Or you had to grow up with the patch holder. If you were an outsider, you would rarely have the chance to get in any of these clubs. You know, this is actually, you know, the part of where the hangaround period came into effect with most clubs because they were so closed off to outsiders. You know, mind you, when I say hangaround period, it was way different back then compared to what people claim the hangaround period is today. You know, back then, the hangaround period was an average of two years before a club would even think about inviting you in the prospect with their club. Nowadays, you know, people think a month is a good enough hangaround period, and then these clubs are wondering why they have guys turning rat at the first sign of trouble. You know, it's a pretty simple concept to figure it out. You know, you can't get to know a person in a month. You sure to hell can't sit there and say you would trust someone you only know a month. You can't. How the hell are you going to trust somebody in a month's time? <laughs> you know, well, 
evidently the clubs nowadays can. I know some pretty big one percenter clubs that think 30 days of hanging around is good. Shit, some of these uh, clubs skip the hang around period entirely, throw a prospect patch on someone they just met. They'd be sitting at a corner fucking bar. Hey, you got a Harley? Yeah, well, here, here's a prospect patch. That's the way some of these fucking clubs are nowadays. You know, and doing so, these clubs wonder why the rat comes out all the time with these people at the first sign of freaking trouble. Hey, Hollywood, what the hell does a motorcycle club's hang-around period have to do with me? You know, that's what I'm going to get. That's going to be, a, you know, the question. I already know how it, you know, it's going to come up. But it's a fair question. What I always, I always get from the readership, you know, the hang-around period has changed so much. And I have to say, to the bad. <laughs> it's changed for the worst. What makes you think all this talk on the internet about protocol is the way things should be? If the line in the sand could be moved back time and time again from a club perspective, how the hell are you expected to keep up with all the changes in the so-called protocol? Especially now, with all these keyboard commandos pounding those keyboards with their interpretation of what protocol is or what they heard on how protocol should be and blah 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 you know with the invent of the internet especially Facebook I've seen so many supposed rules a new club or even existing club for that matter must follow that I should compile all that nonsense into a glossary so people can keep up with it. What is and what is not right? That should be the title of the book, you know, protocol-wise. You know, actually, it's become quite the book business. If you look on uh, Amazon, you'll actually see people writing books about protocol. <laughs> really? Books are being written about this kind of shit. What's even worse... People are spending the money to buy the damn books. Come on, grow a pair and be yourself. Rule book my ass. You know, the only rules I was ever aware of was you start a club, then you better back the shit up and have no active duty cops. Only damn rules I ever knew of when I was coming up in the club scene. You know, I do gotta hand it to the dominant clubs. You guys sure the hell pulled off the biggest scam in the history of the biker scene. You were able to use this protocol to consolidate territory and grow your membership ranks and exert control over the smaller clubs. You know, in the process of doing that, you were able to put it in the minds of everyone that this is, has been yeah, tradition going all the way back to uh, World War II when in essence... It was something that was only started up with the Confederation of Clubs in the mid-80s. You know, if motorcycle clubs continue on this path, they're going to become non-existent in the next 20 years. Right now, the membership numbers are way down. <laughs> they're way down compared to where they used to be. You know, I've been seeing more and more people against motorcycles, motorcycle clubs than I have for them. You know, I've mentioned in an article the other day how people do not go out there and buy a $15,000 bike 
to be dictated by dominant clubs on what they can and cannot do. These people don't see the worth of motorcycle clubs anymore. Why be dictated on where you must go, what you, you know, you can wear, or a stupid rule like you have to take off your gloves before you shake a member's hand? <laughs> yeah, folks, this is a fucking rule. <laughs> you know, I know the haters are going to come back at me and say, well, that's showing respect for the patch and the man wearing it. Man, I call bullshit. Let's be real. Only maybe one or two guys in a chapter of a dominant club put in some real street work to demand that kind of respect. You know, those chapters and those clubs who preach protocol right off the reputation of those guys who put in the street work. That's just facts. Them clubs run off of what past guys have done. Even though half of them haven't done shit of themselves but put in some prospect time go through uh you know the motions and get their freaking patch you know you get this is an example of what i'm talking about you get one of them alone one-on-one -on -one, they would rather talk your ear off than the throw down they only become dangerous when they are five or six other guys being in the club scene, I've seen it over and over again. You will be hard-pressed to find more than one or two guys in a chapter that actually did the work. And I'm not bullshitting you on that. What you will find in dominant clubs, and this has been proven over and over again, for every three members in a chapter, one of those are a rat. Confidential informant, whatever people are calling those punks these days. The motorcycle clubs are in the bullshit themselves because they allow these type of people in. They skip the hangaround period. They move that line back on the protocol stuff and they wonder why they're setting themselves up for failure. You know, but then they'll go around punking all smaller clubs you know because they're riding the reputation of a few what the hell is that but because they themselves have changed the rules so many times they allowed the rats into the house so to speak but they'll go around punking out uh, the smaller clubs you know people, people often ask my advice before starting a motorcycle club the only advice I will ever offer them is plain and simple. Go with a one-piece patch. No MC designation on it. No territory on the patch. Just do up a design. Do up a name. Put together some damn good bylaws and go ride. You know, the bylaws is the most important part of a motorcycle club. You have to have them voted on, and you have to have them enforced. If you don't enforce your bylaws, then your club ain't worth a shit. You know, I tell people to stay away from the three-piece patch because there's nothing to gain but a headache. And it's truly, you know, that's about what you're going to get as a headache. You know, 
your new club is supposed to be about brotherhood and biking you know and that's going to get all tangled up in all that political crap that is the mc world nine times out of ten you know and that's why it fails most of the time within one year you know don't get me wrong i'm not out here to bang on one percenter clubs i support them the rights to ride just like the rest of us i believe many of the things they are accused of is a complete fabrication and a result of discrimination because of a few jackasses went out there and did some shit with their colors on or in the name of the club and got busted and you know now the club's liable for all the crap you know personally you will only hear it once because I believe my writing and reporting must be independent to be a value of the biker community you know I say this over and over again I'm always independent in my views and stuff like that but this is the only time you're going to hear it. Yeah, you know, the club that I support is the Hells Angels, and I'll tell you why. You know, the Hells Angels are the, one of the only big one percenter clubs that are approachable if you're a new club or one to start a club. The 81 does not pressure clubs into anything. They are down-to-earth, hard-working, blue-collar guys. Yeah, they'll put an ass-whooping on you if you fuck up. But they're truly a club that still is old school in their thinking and how they interact with independent bikers. They can care less about your club. You know, after all, they're the big red machine. What the fuck? Do they care about your small-ass, piddly club? You know, that's exactly why you see them having so many supporters. They don't act like a bunch of dickheads like some of these other ones do. You know, but back to the protocol stuff. You know, I'm just a schmuck who writes for an online rag. I have some very deeply held beliefs on the subject of protocol. You know, when all is said and done, it won't be me going out there trying to start a new club up. Over the past 25 years, I've had more than enough of my fill with the motorcycle clubs, let me tell you, and the way they are, and, you know, so-called brotherhoods, blah, blah, blah. You know, the ultimate choice is going to come down to you your guys that want to form a club and what goals you set up for that club if you feel like you want to throw on a three-piece then no you're gonna get tested your club is going to have to decide what route to take when it's time to answer what the club is all about plain and simple you know the club's gonna to have to decide whether they want to take a dog in the fight because depending where you start out nine times out of ten you're going to have to decide which side of the fence you want to be playing on. You know, if you your club decides it wants to stay independent from all that crap, well, to be honest, know your resolve is going to be tested. You will have to fight for your right to be independent because the dominant clubs are, are going to pressure you to choose a side. Plain and simple. Where I'm going with all this is to wear that three-piece, you're going to have to show you're able to fight against those who almost certainly will try to tell you what to do. If it ain't them that's trying to tell you what to do, it's these keyboard commandos out on Facebook trying to, you know, Facebook shame you, calling you illegitimate, uh, you didn't follow protocol. You know, let me tell you a little bit about protocol. 
I did a story yesterday where a reader called in and asked me his opinion. He had a club. I can't, I'm not going to name the club. I'm not going to name the area because I promised them I wouldn't. But the group was going to try to be a part of a chapter of a military motorcycle club. And you'd think, you know, being a military motorcycle club, this would be a non-issue. But these group of guys were told they couldn't join because their president was an ex-cop from 12 fucking years before. So, the guy's not a cop anymore. And to come find out, he was a Purple Heart recipient. But because of this club's interpretation of protocol, cops shouldn't be involved. You know, cop or no cop, you know. Cop, he was, you know, 12 years ago, so once a cop, always a cop. That kind of bullshit. So I'm proud of these guys that they told these guys to fuck off because they weren't going to leave their brother behind. But that's how bad the interpretation of protocol has become. This, you got to do this, you got to do that, this is the rules this, the rules that. It's just getting, you know, freaking ridiculous.
situations That's why they call me Pimp of the nation Hey, you best Always did love Kid Rock. Badass motherfucker right there, boy. Don't care what anyone has to say. <laughs> Alright, uh, let's dive into the next subject. In this segment, we're going to talk about biker news sites. You've seen them pop up all over the internet in the last couple years. You know, personally, I love seeing the different news sites because they give the community a different perspective on what's going on out there. You know, the different kinds of websites out there that call themselves Biker News include editorial sites like Insane Throttle. Some of the sites are ones that are going to allow their readers the ability to post articles from the mainstream media concerning events that might have happened, you know, involved bikers. These type, type of sites are the ones that are going to take out all the legwork of having to go around, find the different stories, and... Sites like these are like white trash, badass site right there, and uh, you know Chopper News. You know he's another longtime uh, biker site like that. You know then there's other sites that are going to focus on rallies and events. What happened? They're going to give you coverage at them. Some sites are going to cover you know manufacturing, but you get it. Basically, whatever you're looking for, there's going to be a subject that a biker news site covers you know whatever niche it's gonna be there for you to find on the internet but there's a catch to all these sites you know just like the mainstream media they have fake news they have fake news sites out there you know they skew one way they're either liberal conservative down the middle and that's the same you know for biker news sites a person has to be able to read between the lines with these sites especially especially if it's an editorial site if you are reading an editorial from a site you have to gauge the credibility of the author the most important thing you have to look at is their credibility is the author leaning one way or another when she reports on one club or another is he or she bashing one club or another and you can you know read right through the bias right there if you see that you know the author has an agenda or he's tied to some kind of club and why is that dangerous well for one if you can't think for yourself you're pretty much in the wrong lifestyle the author is causing you to think one way where the author should be reporting right down the middle and when the author tries to skew that you know to one way of thinking he's actually causing problems on the street because he's tilting that story you know one way or another to or one way you know one club to another that's basically what I'm trying to get at there and let's face it some of these biker news sites we get a hell of a lot of people each month that are reading these articles 
you know, for example, this is just for example, Insane Throttle gets 800,000 to 1.2 million people each month to its page. That's not including the social media and that's not including, you know, stuff like Twitter or the new YouTube channel we got going or the biker social network that we're uh, trying to get going that we just started up a couple weeks ago. But it's a powerful tool that we have at our disposal to persuade and affect public opinion in one direction or another. So for example, this is, you know, again, example. I don't like one club. I'm going to be starting to write all kinds of bullshit about them. Well, whoever's reading that piece is forming an opinion based on what the author or I'm saying or that author's saying and goes out there on the internet and spreads it like it's gospel. That's some dangerous shit right there. Because whatever position the author took now gets spread out all over the internet and we know what was originally said and how it's been broken down in a million different ways when it gets down the line. This is when stuff starts happening on the streets because some people, when they see it in the news article, now feels they have to take care of the problem because they feel disrespected. It's a huge responsibility that every biker site needs to take when doing editorials. If you want to be a reporter, be a reporter. Have some credibility. Don't go out there and skew a story, especially a club story, especially if two clubs are warring one way or another don't put your personal opinion in you know just like earlier I said I had you know a preference for one club but that don't mean if I'm doing a story on them and another club I'm gonna skew automatically towards them no I gotta go by the facts that's what a reporter is supposed to do you know being in the biker news business I get to know the competition out there trust me do I uh, the readership points me to stories or I'll do research or some of the other people here do research for me. You know, and I see what editorials they are writing, what angle they are approaching the story at. But most of all, I'm looking to see if the author is truthful or full of shit. You know, I hate to burst anyone's bubble, but most of the authors who are writing editorials meaning stuff like I do where I get out there and I report on a club this way or that way or this event happened this way or that way they don't have any experience with clubs and if they did it's clubs they told their audience they were a part of you know point being if they said they were in an outlaw club well it kind of turns out you know that they never had an involvement in an outlaw club they were just involved in some kind of riding club or veterans club that had no involvement in the outlaw biker world and i'm not bashing veterans club i'm just using that for an example so you know the hate mail don't need to be coming in what happens is they're gonna go around acting as if they had membership in that outlaw club and then and the experience to write on the subject was what would happen on the streets or what happened in that particular situation like waco None of us were there. We're just going at, you know, off of media reports. We're going off of people that we talked to that claim they were there. But the only ones who know what happened at Waco is the clubs that were involved, the witnesses that were there, and then bullshit fucking cops. You can't believe them, so let's leave them out of it. But that's what we're going on. We were not there. And it's fucking dangerous when a person claims something that they were a part of or were at a situation and write and write about it 
but have no fucking idea what the hell happened or what the hell you know transpired between the two clubs so when they're out there picking sides and putting that on the internet they're actually actually propagating the bullshit all over the internet and next thing you know these clubs are going out it shooting each other again why because some fucking uh Tom, Dick, and Harry thinks he was a biker. He's, you know, he has the right to uh, write about the situation even though it wasn't even there. And what's worse, just because some of these types of guys have been around, you know, for, you know, eight, nine, ten years, some of these people, you know, really believe people like this because they, you know, write that kind of shit. And, well, they've been on the internet so long, so they must be right. Check the credibility. You know what they're doing. I'm sorry. It's goddamn not only irresponsible, but it lacks honor and integrity. It dis disrespects the people who put in all the hard work to live the lifestyle they love. To live off those people's coattails, to make a living off of them people, is utter and total horseshit. Plain and simple, horseshit. I guess if everyone is following me on this, and you probably can guess, Insane Throttle has come into possession of information regarding one of these sites. You know, we were going to release it the other day, but I stepped back and said I needed more information. I had to, uh, you know, confirm more information. So I got all the little octopuses out there with their tentacles going out there confirming everything. And what I've been seeing, quite frankly, is bullshit. It really is. You know, so when I get this stuff put together and get it verified, you can bet we're going to let the information go public. You know, not to be a bunch of dicks, but because the site has passed on bullshit that had real-world consequences on the streets. It's only fair that all the information is out there so people can make their own decisions. You know, as always, I'm going to keep you updated on the release of all this type of stuff, but... With that, don't forget July, January 25th at 7 o'clock. Big Pete again, and the author of The Last Chicago Boss, is going to be on Insatum Throttle's Facebook page. He's going to be doing a live chat. You're going to get to uh, ask him questions, hang out, you know, whatever. And, you know, don't forget to head over to Bikers Inner Circle for some damn good tunes. They have a hell of a biker station over there, but I don't have to tell everybody that. James Hollywood Machikari with Insane Throttle Biker News and thank you for supporting the Motorcycle Madhouse. Don't forget to subscribe to the Motorcycle Madhouse if you already haven't at www.ridetolivelivetoride.com and as we uh, close there off this podcast no let's uh, get down with another ride. I'll see you down. next week. There ain't no grave can hold my body down when I hear that trumpet sound, I'm gonna rise right out of the ground. Ain't no grave can hold my body down. Well, look way down the river, and what do you think I see? I see a band of angels, and they're coming after me. Ain't no grave can hold my body down. There ain't no grave can hold my body down Well, look down yonder, Gabriel Put your feet on the land and see But Gabriel, don't you blow your trumpet 
Till you hear from me There ain't no grave Can hold my body down Ain't no grave Can hold my body down Meet me, Jesus, meet me Meet me in the middle of the air And if these wings don't fail me I will meet you anywhere Ain't no grave can hold my body down There ain't no grave can hold my body down Well, meet me, mother and father Meet me down the river road and mama, you know that I'll be there when I check in, my Lord. Ain't no grave can hold my body down. There ain't no grave can hold my body down. There ain't no grave can hold my body down. Holiday tips and wine stories from Kristen and Paul at Total Wine & More. The sweetness of a maple-glazed ham paired with a bourbon barrel-aged Cabernet. We went there. Now my taste buds are hopping. I can help you impress the boss with a great bottle of wine. Here's to a raise in 2019. As you check off that gift list, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection at Total Wine & More. Come explore at our 12 Northern Virginia locations. Now open in Reston at Plaza America Center, across from Whole Foods. Shop online at TotalWine.com. 